Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, it's one of the special days of your life, and whether it's a big one or a small one, a traditional one, or one you've imagined all by yourself, you want your wedding day to be just how you imagined it. But how do you go about achieving that? My next three guests are here to tell me. I'm delighted to be joined uh, by Ruth Scott. Uh, she's a wedding solemnizer and, and celebrant and also a radio presenter. I'm also delighted to be joined by a photographer, Paul Kelly of PK Studio 3. And also joining me is the Ireland wedding planner, Dara Doyle, uh, who's going to tell me a little bit about his business as well. So we might start with you, Dara. Um, tell me a little about the Irish wedding planner. Who are you and what do you actually do? Okay, so I'm a wedding planner based here in Ireland. Um, probably about 80% of my business is international clients coming into the country. Okay. So that would be mainly American, Australian would be my main clients. So they're coming into Ireland for a destination wedding. Okay. To have their dream wedding in Ireland. And it is one of the top uh, countries in the world to come for a destination wedding. Um, Very so interesting. How do you find those people, Dara? How do you how do you connect with those people in Australia who want to get married here? Yeah. So I suppose online is the key thing now. Like my website, IrelandWeddingPlanner.com. A lot of people come to me through that. Instagram, Facebook, on online social media, all of that type of stuff. That's so. Once they come to me, we we get onto a Zoom call and we have a chat and see if I'm a good match for them and, and vice versa as well. Okay, that's only one of the things you do because you're yeah. also uh, a one-spirit interfaith minister. Yeah. Tell me about that. That's correct. Uh, I did a two-year training program with the one-spirit interfaith uh, organization, I suppose. The ethos behind that is that is that it's spiritual and we would do a lot of like weddings, funerals, baby namings for people who are from different faiths, all faiths and none. So, for example, I could be doing a wedding ceremony for somebody who's from a Catholic background, might be getting married to an atheist or indeed, like myself, a lot of people are lapsed Catholics, but they're still spiritual and they still believe in the afterlife and they want to involve that in their ceremony. Okay, very interesting. Stay with us. Uh, let's talk to Ruth Scott, uh, who's also a wedding solemnizer and indeed a celebrant. Ruth, you're very welcome to the programme. Lovely to talk to you, Bobby. And I love that you throw around that word solemnizer because as I and Dara, you'd be familiar with this. It's the fancy way of saying we can legally marry couples in Ireland. That's basically it. And any couple that you know uh, who are going to get married, they will always be looking for this famous green folder. And it's the one that the couple sign. It's the one that the two witnesses sign. And it's the one that the solemnizer signs. So that's that's where the word solemnizer and, comes and from. And Ruth, as a radio presenter, you'll you'll yeah. you'll empathise with me that I I had to practice saying that word three or four times because <laughs> I was afraid listen. I was going to screw it up. <laughs> oh, listen, plenty of people do, and my own brothers like to slag me about it in a particular way. I won't say on the radio, but you can figure that one out for yourselves. All right, um, but yeah. Similar to Dara, I suppose, you know, I'm a, I'm a wedding celebrant. I'm a, I'm a solemnizer. We do other ceremonies as well. I'm connected with the Humanist Association of Ireland. Realising I'm an atheist, I think it's really important to have these rituals in life, such as the baby namings, the weddings, the, you know, in lieu of a, a First Communion, for instance, you have a coming of age and, and things like that. And um, I got involved about three years ago. And this is year three of my business. And I have to tell you, so far, the first two years have been wildly different from each other. And I'm expecting this third year to be different again, because the first year was post-COVID immediately. Panic, all the catching up on the 
postponed weddings. Yeah. Year two then last year was a bit more sort of, oh, we met during COVID. We were in the two kilometre um, uh, limit and that's how we met and we're getting married. And this year now is a bit more, okay, we got engaged. We're not in a mad panic. We haven't had to reschedule four or five times. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. So from you, have a bit of, you hope you might have a, a maybe a, a more organised run into the event in that it's... You said it. Okay. Yeah, you said it exactly. And yeah. Ruth, tell me about uh, a human, and I've been to a couple of humanist weddings, but maybe for somebody who hasn't been to one, um, yeah. the difference between it and, say, a priest or a vicar or indeed yeah. a one-spirit interfaith minister, they're all, yeah. they all approach it in a different way. So why what, do, what does the humanist yeah. doctrine give us? So I suppose the first thing is humanism. It's it's not a religion. It's a philosophy. And it's very much, a, um, we just, if I could sum it up in one phrase, it's good without God. So it's for people who just are happy to live the best life that they can. They're not religious. They don't have a faith. Maybe they did in the past, like myself. And maybe they've realized now that they want to have their wedding their their funeral, their baby naming, their life ceremonies in a way that suits them and their lifestyle. So same way as Dara, I would be chatting to a couple straight away on Zoom. And, um, you know, what are they in mind? I'd be explaining to them that a humanist ceremony, a humanist wedding ceremony is one that will look very familiar to anyone who's ever gone to any wedding. You know, there's an element of like greeting the couple. Maybe the maybe the bride walks in accompanied by dad or mum and dad, or maybe the first groom walks in accompanied by mum and dad. And maybe the second groom walks in accompanied by mum and dad. Because, you know, we do same-sex marriages as well as, um, as heteronormative marriages. So, uh, you know, you sort of explain that a humanist wedding has loads of options, which is brilliant, but right. it means you've got to make lots of decisions. So, are you going to walk in together? Is it going to be traditional? Are you going to sit with your backs to your guests? Are you going to make it a little bit more relaxed, a bit lighthearted? But in the same way as any wedding, there are there's always a lovely introduction. I always make sure to welcome not only the couple, because you can be sure, and Dara and Paul will both know this, every couple are up to their eyeballs in adrenaline at the very start of every wedding ceremony, because that's the moment when everyone sees them for the first time. And so you're trying to help them through that piece. And then you help them, you know, you'd say like, look, Although there's no religious readings, for instance, in a humanist wedding, there's loads of lovely readings. There's loads of lovely music you can include. Family members can get up and read. They can sing. You can personalise it as much as you want. Stand by there, Ruth, and we'll talk to... You mentioned Paul Kelly of PK Studio 3. Paul, you're a photographer, but I know you, you approach weddings slightly differently than a conventional photographer. Tell us a little bit about you and your business, if you would. How are you doing, Bobby? It's lovely to be back. Yeah, um, you're very welcome. Thank you. Um, I've been shooting weddings for 25 years now, and I suppose I've shot more than five or 500, 550 weddings. Um, I studied in DIT, and then I went on to assist maybe 20 or 25 different photographers, and they all had different styles. So uh, basically, the, the, the big change in weddings over that period was it went from shooting one wedding uh, that was shot on 120 frames on a Hasselblad uh, to maybe now you'd shoot two or 3,000 frames. So it's less yeah. formal. It's more uh, photojournalistic. Uh, reportage is the style now. Um, and would I be right in saying, Paul, then, and again, I was at a, a, a wedding recently where I noticed this, that right throughout the day, the photographer was sort of seamlessly integrating into all parts. So at two o'clock in the morning, he was still there getting some, 
you know, shots off the dance floor that people maybe weren't even aware were happening. But it was all about capturing the moment without being an intrusion. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of it. And that's the privilege. You're paid and asked and respected for being there just to catch what happens and to allow people be themselves. Um, and those, it's it's like, um, it's almost like hunting because you're capturing pictures all the time. You're taking pictures, you're, you're, you're getting people at their best. And if you take 10 pictures of a person, myself or one of my assistants would pick out one of those pictures as, as the very best picture of that person. It would be the same picture we pick. Okay. It's the picture with veracity, with true emotion. Okay. Uh, back in studio here to Dara Doyle, um, just in terms of someone who might say to you, Dara, a wedding planner, it's an additional cost. It's a, it's a cost that I can't afford along with the band and the room hire and the food and the drink and everything else. Yeah. How would you argue against that in terms of, you know, the value that you create oh. as a wedding planner? Yeah, so the first thing I'd say, you know, in, in modern times, people are time poor. So generally both of the couple will be working. Often they have kids now as well when they're getting married. So they don't have the time to invest in what's necessary to, to plan yeah. a wedding as such. Then the next thing I'd say is expertise. So like I have all the, and it doesn't matter what budget you have, by the way, there's, there's, there would be a perception that wedding planning is not affordable. It is affordable. And the clever people, I think, use wedding planners because it takes all the stress away. Again, when it comes to budget and pricing, if you have a certain budget, you can still get a very good photographer. For example, it mightn't be a top level luxury photographer, but I can still source you and generally I can get a better a better price for you on the service. I would have deals in place with certain service providers. Yeah, so your reputation and your experience and I suppose your buying power uh, because yeah. you've, you've got a bit of scale attached to your business. Yeah. You okay. can deliver that and you can pass that back yeah. to the bride and groom. Exactly. If you take into account people's time, which is very precious these days, and also the actual core financial side, I like it would be my view that I would save people money in the long term. Yeah. And it, actually, if you look at the recent uh, weddings online survey, there was actually only about 10% of Irish couples use wedding planners, but then when asked what was their biggest regret about their wedding, the biggest regret was actually not engaging a wedding planner. That's something people often say to me when I meet them. God, if I could do it again, I would have a planner, you know. Ruth, am I right in saying that a humanist is much more expensive than a priest? How would you how would you uh, justify your fee? Um, Tell me how much it well, costs. Yeah, so um, a humanist wedding can be anything from, I think it's 450 to 550 euro. There's a contribution that goes to the Humanist Association we are all uh, paying taxes on the fees that we receive. My understanding is that a priest uh, would perhaps be as part of a church, a registered charity, and therefore not in the same position. You get, you know, your personalised ceremony. You get me there in advance on the day. You get the, the phone calls and the Zooms and the meetings beforehand to make sure that you're happy with everything you've chosen. I'm really good at reading a room. I've worked in radio for over 20 years. I've stood in front of thousands of people emceeing events. I'm really good at reading a room. I know if, you know, if a bride is absolutely dying on her feet and needs to sit down or somebody's about to faint, you have you have your 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 uh, humanist solemnizer there to kind of hold your hand and make sure that the ceremony goes with, without a hitch. Because <laughs> let's not forget, everybody will, you know, and quite rightly, every provider will say, 
what I do is the most important thing. What I do is the most important thing. And they're all right. But really and truly, if you're looking to get legally married, the solemnizer is the most important person because we will be the ones signing, as I always say to a at the end of a ceremony, I say, now I'm going to get the couple to sign the most exciting piece of administration they'll ever sign in their lives. And everyone sort of chuckles. But you are definitely getting your value for money because the number of couples that come back and say, Ruth, we laughed, we smiled, our eyes welled up. You know, it was just perfect for us. Yeah. And it set the tone for the day. And just could I add, before I bring Dara back in, Ruth, typically, yeah. how many, as a, as a business, how many events would you be targeting per annum in terms of your business? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that this year between seventy and ninety. Wow. Um, yeah. And and la- you know the last two years were it's statistically aberrations. Uh, not forgetting, I do work part time as a radio presenter. I MC stuff, so I'm, I'm basically always hustling. Well done. Always okay. Hustling. <laughs> uh, back to you, Paul. In terms of the photographer uh, of the future <laughs> at a wedding venue, do you feel that your style? And what you do is really what people want in terms of capturing the day. I think so, Bobby, but you do need to move with the times and with different um, patterns. And now that we can get married wherever we want and there's new venues and and, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And we would incorporate UAV as well. but just, I, I, I think the important thing to remember at a wedding is you do want to capture those shots of people naturally and where people look great and they're just doing their own thing and you're hanging back and you're just letting the things happen and the action happens naturally and you capture it and it's lovely. But it's important to remember that it's the only time that these people, these families will be together in a group together. Yeah. And the family formal shots are actually hugely important and sometimes that's overlooked until the day of the wedding so it needs to be pre-planned and you need to kind of manage expectations and tell people that you know your mammy would probably want a family shot she probably will want all her sisters and brothers together so it's worth doing that it's totally worth doing that and i don't think that's something that will ever change the importance of the document of the family shot and there's a skill to making that happen easily and simply for people and not turning it into a major project on the day that takes away from everything else. But could I just say one thing about Ruth and and Dara and the money spent on on, on that part of the industry? Yeah, tell us. You you couldn't count the value of that money. And you can hear it in Ruth's voice, the passion she has when, when everybody comes together for the first time, when both families come together in a room for the first time, it's in front of Ruth. And Dara might have brought them there and organised it, and that has its place. But Ruth is the person who sets the tone for the day. She used that phrase. I use that phrase all the time. You, you need a personality who can read a room, set the tone for the day, relax people. And that can be a priest. Some priests are brilliant. There's a guy down in Kinnity, and he's well, the best. Can I tell you but, a very quick story about the priest yeah. that married me? Uh, this is going back a long number of years. <laughs> In the yeah. in the residence bar at two o'clock in the morning, the That's manager the manager of the hotel says, "I'm not serving any more drink until you get that priest out of here." <laughs> you know who he is. <laughs> well, the priest, the priest of Kennedy, the priest of Kennedy back in the day. I said to him, I went up to him after the service. I said, "Father, that was brilliant," and he looked at me, and I didn't know what he was going to say to me, and he says, "Paul, if you don't get them in the first five minutes, you don't have them." 
you know. <laughs> All right. Well, look, we we'll leave it there. Ruth Scott, uh, wedding solemnizer and celebrant. Uh, photographer Paul Kelly and indeed wedding planner and One Spirit Interfaith Minister Dara Doyle. Thank you all for joining us and letting us into your world. Really enjoyed that. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.